0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Creepypasta, the Creepypasta podcast. I don't know why I insist on saying that they're brand new. Obviously, it's going to be like every episode is is the newest episode. I'm never recording one in the past, unless (laughs) I am, like a Dobrev incident or something, sending it back through time to be record. This is not going great. I have, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have with me, that was the, uh, That was the voice of returning guest, writer, blogger, um, and...
1: All-around man about town.
0: Cheerfullest goth, Cassie Rose.
1: Hello! Oh, I like like that description. I think that's pretty (laughs) good. (laughs) Pretty
2: good title. Uh,
0: Brand new to the show, we have animator, illustrator, uh, they got bored and decided to become a hero for fun. Yeah. Heidi Samuels. Yep. No, I did it again. I said your name, the incorrect pronunciation, because... It's all good,
2: it's all good.
0: I know you from the internet and make up ways to say people's names if I know them from the internet. Yep. It's all good. Heidi Samuels, hello. Hello, Hello everyone. Hi. Uh, So Heidi's brought two stories for us, Um, the first of which is The Enigma of Amigara Fault, a comic by Junji Ito, Japanese master of horror. Um, But since Cassie is familiar with this story already, we'll have her summarize it for us. Cassie, get ready. Uh, Actually, I don't know, we might have an ad for this show, so if we do, we'll be right back.
2: It's Lifemark, a made-for-TV podcast. Each week, two friends plus occasional guests watch the best and worst made-for-TV movies that Lifetime and the Hallmark Network have to offer. These movies have it all. Bad Boyfriends, Adopted Babies, Crimes of Passion, Women Who Own Gluten-Free Bakeries. Watch along with us and subscribe to Lifemark on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are sold.
0: Welcome back. Uh, there might have been an ad in there. Wow, what Uh, an
1: ad, maybe. (laughs) Oh man.
0: Maybe. uh, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, the last two episodes had an ad, so I don't know if this one will. But uh, if it is, thanks for listening to it. Uh, and now we'll get to the enigma of Amigara Fault.
1: Yes. So I actually read this originally five years ago, and then I plugged it on my I think last episode. Which so it was really interesting that you brought it, Heidi. Um, yeah, I, so I was the very story. scared <laughs> to read it again. So scared to read it again. So it's basically <laughs> an earthquake hits this mountain, and part of the mountain falls off, and these fault lines show up, but they're in the shape of human bodies so scientists can't figure out what it is and then citizens start showing up and trying to walk through these body shapes because they're convinced it's shaped exactly like them so they have this weird, inexplicable urge to walk into these holes through the mountain, never to be seen again. And it is horrible. Uh, there's two main characters. I don't remember either of their names, even though I just um, read this. I have
2: them written <laughs> down somewhere. Uh, I think the boy's name is Owaki
1: and the girl's mm-hmm. name is Yoshida. I yeah, think
0: okay. and Yoshida.
1: Yeah. Good job, yeah. guys. <laughs> and
2: yeah, of course they fall down in love. I knew I'd forget them too. So
1: do they fall in love or do they just kind of kiss a little bit?
2: They kind of have a awkward smooch i think that's about it
0: yeah they kiss slightly off panel uh they get within inches of each other and then a tasteful cutaway uh, (laughs) to an establishing shot yep
1: Yeah, so, uh, the boy is having, like, weird nightmares every night. So they watch, uh, they watch another man walk through and he disappears. Like, the scientists can't even find him. They send a camera through. He's disappeared, basically, into the middle of this mountain. Uh, in the middle of the night, the guy has a nightmare that he is, the third man is, like, trapped inside the mountain and can't move and it's horrible. Uh, and meanwhile, the girl is, like, has this inexplicable urge to just walk into her shape, even though she knows she's gonna die and she's freaking out about it, but she can't stop herself. So, they kind of make a pact to, like, stay together, but she disappears in the middle of the night and walks into her shape hole. (laughs) Um, there's another, uh, nightmare where it, like, time jumps into the past, and it turns out that, uh... I guess criminals were sent there as punishment, like, into the mountain. Right? Yeah. Is that... Yeah, kind of. Uh, so Yeah, then- the
0: flashback is like, yeah, we put uh, criminals in these holes so that yeah. they would get all crushed up bad.
1: Yeah, no explanation as to how they built these holes or anything. So, our main character goes and sees, finds out his s- could-have-been-girlfriend has disappeared, and as he's, like, really upset about this, he sees his own shape and wanders into the mountain. Cut to several months later, the scientists find the other side of the mountain and see all these weird not human shapes, and they look inside, and there's all these like a twisted human body. Like they walked yeah, through the not- mountain, and as they walk through, their body would like stretch out and become horrible.
2: <laughs> yeah, like the last panel is this horrible noodle man with these horrible like yeah. white eyes, just kind of like I think the sound effect is like dur or something like that, and this is like, coming through it, der
0: Uh And it's like it's a horrible grinding sound as <laughs> as the person squishes through. The yeah, Junji
1: right? Ito loves like if you read uzumaki there's like a guy who turns himself into a snail and he's just like really long and circular and like he just seems to like doing that with the human body and i hate it and i love it at the same time
2: <laughs> yeah yeah w- uh, go ahead oh no i was just gonna say like it's kind of weird i don't know if this is related at all but i was reading an interview with him and um i think it's in the end of his cat diary and he used to be a dental technician before he was a manga writer huh. So yeah. I don't know if, like, the teeth being weird or anything has to do with, like,
1: I don't know. But he just hated humanity after working on their teeth, so... Yeah.
2: <laughs> I guess <laughs> spending a lot of time
0: fantastic. looking into people's mouths probably is not uh, great for the mental state. Probably not. Yeah. Mouths are pretty nasty, so... <laughs> uh, I, this is yet an... I, I haven't read... I've seen a lot of screen captures and, like, pages out of context of Junji Ito comics. I think this is the first one I've I've read in full, even though it's just a short, uh, but I immediately went to Amazon and added everything to my wish list, because <laughs> uh, I want to get all of his works eventually, and this, again, makes me sad that we're, we've talked about uh, PT on the show, the game that would have been Silent Hills, uh, and it was not revealed until after the game was cancelled that Junji Ito was doing monster designs oh, for Oh, I'm so it.
2: sad about that. That was scary! Yeah,
0: and yeah. we already know uh, there was Lisa, the ghost in that, is also similar like a too tall kind of twisty person uh so it totally fits with his with his style uh yeah this comic's really good it's like very upsetting
2: it's it's really yeah
1: yeah i still remembered like specific pictures like from it even though i usually when i read something that long ago i like don't remember a single thing about it but this i was like oh no that part that i remember in my mind is coming up
2: yeah yeah no this one's got that line um this hole it was made for me which kind of became famous just like it's just, <laughs> just like a weird phrase that like kind of became like the catchphrase for this comic when it came out or I wonder when it if it was viral. like
1: lost in translation or
0: uh no that seems about right <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: this hole was made for me
0: <laughs> Uh, it's, yeah, the, uh, one thing I was looking at interpretations of the comic and the symbolism, and one of the things about it is that there's no bad guy. (laughs) Uh, mm. There's just these gross, weird holes, and then the people willingly go into them, and they can't, they don't know why. I feel they want like it's to. not
1: willingly.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I guess not, but, like, no one is forcing them to go right. in. Um,
1: it kind of reminded anyway. me of, like, Close Encounters type, like, I have to get to the mountain, I have to go yeah, to that mountain.
0: <laughs> this means something. Yeah. <laughs> sort of sort of stuff. Oh, here's an idea. Close Encounters remade as a horror movie. Mm. I don't fun
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh yeah it's uh there's a lot of shots of like down like you can see down the hole uh like long shots from uh like just straight down the tunnel uh Mm -hmm. and that's not good to look at it's very scary and like very intricately detailed yeah uh, so I highly recommend everyone go. I'm gonna include a link to this, this, uh, gallery of the comic, but I think that you should go to your local library. It's in the back of, uh, Gyo, which is a comic about fish monsters attacking Tokyo.
2: Oh,
1: it's so. Oh hard. my god, there's so much farting in oh that one. Oh my god, <laughs> like, it's like a fart powered shark mech. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> like, oh that's fun. Uh, yeah.
2: Is like, that the one is that the one
0: where there's like Michael. a man where it's uh it's like legs and then the top of it is just like a big deformed shark.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, all the sea creatures are on these weird, like, mechanized legs and they start like kidnapping humans and so the humans are in the machines too. It's it's very disturbing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I uh, that that is one that you see pictures of a lot because uh, fish are just very scary to look at, especially when they're intricately drawn. <laughs>
2: especially sharks with those blank eyes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, There's uh, there's one panel in this comic that is sort of funny, uh, and it's when the guy with the glasses is climbing in, like when the scientists see someone like, oh man, oh, someone's yeah. climbing into the hole, there's the last panel of him like facing in, sh- trying to like shimmy into the hole. That's a little funny one. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: just like every uh,
2: time someone went into one of the holes, I imagined like a shoom sound effect or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, he wasn't even like walking, he just kind of like floated into it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Cause the holes are literally just like exactly the shape of the specific individual silhouette. So there's no way to like, for them to get in really, they kind of just have to like shimmy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very yeah. weird. Uh, it's got a lot of the, the scary parts of the descent, uh, except scarier because there's literally no gap. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, it's very good. And I highly recommend reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, now in the to i guess tie it more into the theme of the show um This seems to have some of the aspects of a creepypasta while being entirely fictional and having no, like, oftentimes you'll see a creepypasta is like, uh, the main character is the author. It's like an author insert. Or, like, it's this real life location that has, uh, that we've written this fictional story about. But in this one, I don't think it, I don't think it has any of that. Uh, I don't think that any of these people, like, 99%. Sure, these people-shaped holes don't exist anywhere. I would uh,
2: hope not. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it's, it's interesting to create this like, uh, weird, weird, uh, natural phenomenon type thing and then create the like horror story around it. Um, mm-hmm. and I kind of like that aspect, uh, of it. Um, do either of you have any sort of similar stories to this, uh, that you, um, want to recommend to our listeners or that you maybe want to tie in with this of, uh, just like, Mm, I saw there's this weird uh, like one we covered earlier on the show was Ted the Caver.
2: Yeah, that's what I, really I thought of was it Ted has Caver. Yeah. Sorry, oh man.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one is uh, because it's written by an actual caver, and because it's got all the pictures of his actual spelunking adventures, it kind of adds this eerie verisimilitude to it. Uh, and I really like that. And this doesn't have that, but it's much scarier.
1: Yeah, uh, it was a lot more. I sure remember. A- yeah, but. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Uh, why, don't why don't you go, go first? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was just uh, going to say this. Oh, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, Heidi, you go. Heidi, you go. go first. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Cassie.
1: Uh, <laughs> I was going to say I was a lot God, more- Heidi.
2: Oh, boy. Okay. I was a lot more spooked reading this than I was reading Ted the Caver. Like, Ted the Caver kept my attention, but this one just, like, got under my skin in a way that Ted the Caver didn't. That was what <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, it's, a,
0: it's something that we don't, uh, we don't get a lot of in uh, fiction, is a story that kind of affects the audience more than if it was real. Uh Uh-huh. Actually,
1: uh, I definitely (laughs) saw... A documentary or something when I was younger about someone who tried to climb into it, like a cave by themselves and they got stuck and no one could get them out to the point where they were like visiting the cave and like hand feeding this person and giving them water. And that's what this reminded me of. Like what a heart. And then they died because they couldn't get them out. They were like wedged between two rocks. And so it wasn't
0: a a heroic triumph of the human spirit, like 127 hours.
1: Well, no, because like they were wedged in their waist area. So like you can't Mm -hmm. really cut that off. <laughs> oh jeez, that's horrible! And then they died. That still lives with me. I that would be a horrible way to die.
0: Yeah, it seems unpleasant. Uh, yeah, this this plays with a lot of it's. It's like the ultimate claustrophobia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then worse, the idea of like that that they'd somehow survive this
2: awful mm-hmm. process. Yeah, because like you wouldn't. Like your skull would be like a noodle. Yeah. <laughs> but just like, yeah, just by the time it- they. Could- Come
1: out! They're just like yeah. They'd be like completely flat if they technically made it all the way through.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we can get into spookiest parts here. Uh, that's a good transition for me. It's when the scientists discover the noodly holes. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because right, yeah, right before that, we got his nightmare. Uh, right before Owaki goes into the hole himself, he has a nightmare about going into the hole and uh, having his body stretched out as the as the hole deforms through the mountain. Uh and then of course the uh master of suspense he is. Ito uh delivers us a nice bit of dramatic irony where we the audience know for sure that there's gonna be a deformed human being coming out of that hole as soon as we see it. It's like, oh yeah, that's the hole from the nightmare. Uh, yeah and then we get the the real big the nice big monster shot at the end which is very good. Uh, Heidi what's your what's your spookiest part?
2: Um yeah so for me like comics a lot of the time are about like the reveal and like building tension and release through like page transitions and paneling and I just think that last reveal of the monster is so good that like it's stuck with me since like I read this like years ago and it's it's so spooky. It's just thoroughly upsetting. Yeah, yeah. The I the
0: uh I think the scarier monsters are the ones that used to be people uh and like just through normal everyday uh through like not any sort of single big action but just the slow buildup of things they became monsters. Uh, it's sort of like, we see the end result of it a lot. If you read any Batman comic book, all of his bad guys were, like, 20 years ago, they were regular people, and then had a bunch of uh, bad things happen to them in sequence, and now they're horrible. Uh, but then I, I just like the idea of, over the course of months, this guy slowly transforms into this this gross worm man.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's pretty upsetting. (laughs) Cassie, what about for you? What's the spookiest part?
1: I'm just thinking about that worm man coming out the other side now. Um, (laughs) I guess for me, the spookiest part uh, is the fact that some of these people don't want to go into their hole and they just feel this horrible inexplicable urge to crawl like that one girl she was just like I'm gonna die in there and I don't want to die but I have to go into my shape and that was horrible to me like that part also just the fact that you knew what was gonna happen to them after they went in and I am extremely claustrophobic like I can't even go to like a crowded bar without like freaking out so like this whole story was just everything about it was creepy to me (laughs) uh,
0: and taking it in a cultural context makes it very interesting too because there's uh, a lot more uh, rigid Roles for people in Japanese society than we have in America or Canada. Uh, But, like, there's this idea that the, which is a good idea to a degree that you are a cog in a machine, uh, rather than an individual who must be prized above all others. Uh, and we sort of have that individualistic extreme, uh, uh, here in America. And then they sort of have the, the, uh, societal meshing extreme over, uh, in Japan. And so it's sort of, I, I feel like it would probably, this story would probably have a special kind of horror for, Uh, a Japanese reader who would be uh, imagining themselves fitting into the hole shaped for them by life uh, and not having any way to wriggle out of it, really, and coming out of the other end completely deformed and unlike themselves. Uh, And I think that that's a, a very strong metaphor that... Of course, is not just uh, so one that is relatable for a Japanese audience, but that speaks to the larger human experience, uh, and I really like that.
1: That was fucking deep, Jeff. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I, it just
0: kind of clicked for me uh, yeah. when you brought up the her not her being afraid of of going into the hole shaped for her. I'm like, oh yeah, that's like life. That's how life is. My oh,
1: God, this is exactly like life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just make it more depressing.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, it, I feel. I feel. Like uh, it sort of makes it a little more depressing and less scary, but also yeah. a little more scary in a way because uh, <laughs> we all uh, eventually go into that hole no matter how much we resist, in a way.
1: Bang! <sighs> <laughs> Bringing it well, down. <laughs>
0: that's this week's episode. <laughs> uh, Ca- Cassie, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh,
1: yes. Uh, you could find me everywhere on the internet as Yerkmonger, Y R C H M O N G E R. Uh, You should also check out my book blog Bibliomantics uh, if you love books and reading and looking at books. And we even have a Junji Ito, uh, you know, little thing that I wrote back in like 2011. If you want to go check that out, I would really appreciate it.
2: And Heidi, Um, I guess I'll just plug my Tumblr um, .tumblr HeidiSamuelsArt.tumblr.com. If you just want to like look at like some weird gay anime art or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: there's a uh, <laughs> Heidi and I became, uh, friends through a, uh, uh, Facebook group for another podcast we listened to, uh, and, um, I made a comment about Fire Emblem, and then Heidi drew it into a comic, uh, so you may have seen, uh, you may have seen that artwork pop up on the Weaponized Language Tumblr, uh, so go, go follow that, it would be great, uh, good idea, look at that art, all of it. <laughs> uh... You can follow me on Twitter, J3FK. Uh, Tumblr is weaponizedlanguage.tumblr.com. You can go to funtimes.online or weaponizedlanguage.com to listen to this podcast. Uh, seeing Reddit, my other podcast, which everybody who listens to ooh, this ooh. Is, is really good. Yeah, Cassie Number really two fan.
1: It. I just want to put <laughs> that out there. Other Cassie is number three fan. This Cassie, number two fan. Just nope. set the record straight.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess it's uh, my, my friend Chris is our number one fan. Yeah,
1: he is one. I'm two. <laughs> (laughs) Other Cassies three
0: Uh, And then uh, if you really like this show a lot and you want to show it with, you want to speak with your bank account, uh, go to patreon.com slash Jeff JK, where you can find me reading uh, the stories that we've covered on the show. Uh, Obviously not this one because it's a comic book and not a prose tale, Uh, but you can go there. You could
1: do it like, you know, like a children's book where you like describe what's happening (laughs) in it.
0: Uh, And then the whole twists him and to a horrible worm man <laughs> uh, and it's 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 very uh it's very inexpensive you can just give me one dollar a month and you'll get uh, guaranteed two audio stories and one written story every month um, if you give me more money than that I will send you physical prizes so please do that mm-hmm. uh, now if you'll uh uh well I wanted to look for the, the end line and I don't think I'll find Was it
1: derp derp it. Derp, derp derp? No. This podcast it was uh, made for me.
0: Yeah. Uh <laughs> I'll fill this hole up. Just watch me. Nope, that's the when he's blocking it up. Yeah, this hole it's made for me. Uh yeah, you know. Any of those. All of the hole lines. <laughs> <laughs> this is th- this is my hole. It was made for me. Hey!